Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. It's a massive week for Harbat New Zealand earlier with Chris Barsby, who's about to join us with Krug and Self Assured backing up in New Zealand at Addington tomorrow. And that leads us into Albion Park on Saturday night with this Queensland Cup race eight where Mac Da Vinci is a short-priced favourite take, chasing five wins in a row, Chris, and drivers have all been confirmed for this race. Good morning again. Yes, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, yeah, drivers have been confirmed. So Shane Graham will drive Mac Da Vinci. Leonard Kane now drives Turn It Up. So they basically swap out of last week's Be Good Johnny Sprint. Uh, Matthew Nielsen sticks with Make Mine Memphis. And that's just about it as far as the driving engagements are concerned. Oh, Narissa McMullen now drives Black Sedan, and Pete McMullen is driving Will the Wizard. So that's it as far as the merry-go-round is concerned for the uh, the Queensland Cup on Saturday night. So that promises to be a really good race, as you said, with tab. That market's been up now for uh, a fair while, and Mac Da Vinci is a clear favourite. The other Group 2 feature on Saturday night is the Mayor's Race. That's race number six. It's the Group 2 Forever Gold, named in honour of that star mayor for Darren Weeks and Kylie Rasmussen, and it's drawn together a really good field there. So Scarlet Babe is the favourite. Uh, the stunning nuns right there in the mix, and then Gerardo's Delight and Waz Firebugs. And they're the four big players that mares race on Saturday night. So 10 races in total, and we look forward to what should be a great night of racing. And as you said, we've got uh, the New Zealand Cup Day continuing, or the New Zealand Cup Week continuing with show day tomorrow. We've got a huge night coming through at Melton on Saturday night because we've got semifinals of the Breeders' Crown. So that's going to be huge. Really looking forward to that. And I think it's Ladies in Red and Better Twist that get the clash in the semi-final on Saturday night at Melton. And there's a number of other features uh, uh, across the country as well. Gloucester Park with a really good meeting and we'll talk very shortly with Matty Young. So there's a lot to look forward to, Steve, over the next mm. couple of days. Chris, have you done this week previously? I think you have. A 45 races total mixture of harness and feature thoroughbred racing, New Zealand Cup Week. Have you done it previously? Yeah, yeah, done it a few times. So it's a, it's a great week. There's no doubt about it. Um, go to Addington on the Tuesday and the Friday. Uh, you've got a Rickett in there in, in between. So you've got Rickett in yesterday and then you've got it again on Saturday. There's always a big crowd there on the Saturday to Rickett. How far are the two tracks hard. apart, the, the main harness centre oh, at Addington? Not far at all. Um, it, it'd, be, it'd be like going from uh, Albion Park to Eagle Farm. Okay. It's not far at all. And, and normally on the Saturday, this coming Saturday, all the harness folk, because all their uh, duties are wrapped up, tomorrow they all uh, venture to the races on the saturday so it's a uh, it's a really big day on the saturday you can have a lot of fun there and then you've got the greyhounds as well uh, addington on the thursday night and if you want you can go down to ashburton uh, on the thursday as well they normally have a big big day of racing there no features but it's just a, a good day out and a lot of people get down there and enjoy uh, all the festivities that Ashburton has mm. to offer. Spoke to David Ellis earlier this morning. I'll grab him tomorrow on air, the principal of Tiaka, who had a wonderful week. They've knocked up a, winning a heap of feature races, and he was telling me uh, that he's very good friends with uh, Mark Purden, and he follows harness racing very closely, the biggest thoroughbred owner and breeder in New Zealand. That's uh, David Ellis. But Nathan Dawson's with us, Chris. Well, I want to talk to Nathan because uh, he's set to play another big hand again this Saturday night for night two of the carnival. He was in the winner's circle last Saturday night. Teddy Disco was able to take out that two-year-old feature. And Teddy Disco backs up again Saturday night when he goes around in race five, the Burwood Stud two-year-old feature. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. 
Teddy Disco, he was really good last week. That early burn, that first quarter was absolutely scorching, but uh, he was able to uh, get through that, absorb it, and then hold off away we go and racey Roxy. So he was really deserving of that victory last week. Yeah, he was. You know, he, we worked hard early, and you know, he's still able to finish off with a good quarter. So, you know, all the credit goes to him. Where does he sit for you? You drove my ultimate Levi, won the APG feature back in August. Where does Teddy Disco sit with you? If you had to pick one right now, my ultimate Levi or Teddy Disco, which way are you leaning? Yeah, I'd go Teddy Disco all day. Um, it's not really, wouldn't be a hard decision. Um, I think he's got good ability and good class, and, you know, he's your round racehorse. So, yeah, I'd go with him. Okay. He, he's done a big job all season long. He's had short breaks here and there. Uh, we know he's a Group 1 winner already, but seven wins from 10 starts. Some were starting to think maybe he's just starting to plateau, but judging by that performance last week, he looks like he's only getting bigger and stronger. Yeah, you know, he's had a long preparation with, you know, out much of a break. So, you know, it was always a worry, but the way he went last week, um, I don't think there's any worry for him. This is a different kettle of fish again on Saturday night. Last week was restricted to, uh, uh, you know, the, the Q-bred types. This week we've got a few newcomers here. So Leap to Fame steps out. Bangkok DJ is resuming away. Um, I should say Obi Legal is going around. And then you've got this newcomer from New Zealand. It's back page news. How do you judge up uh, this field on Saturday night? Yeah, it's a pretty even field, you know. Like, we've got a good group of two-year-olds and there's not a lot between the top ones, but... You know, barrier draws what played the biggest hand here, and you think Leap to Fame drawn one should be pretty hard to beat. Okay. Now, your guy, he made that break a couple of runs ago. He was placed outside the draw. He went to the trials Wednesday week ago at Redcliffe, and then last week he stepped. But he's still OD, so was he not smooth coming out of the gate last week? No, he was perfect coming out, but uh, probably a little bit of a tough stewarding there. They said he went a bit sideways at the start, so a bit harsh, but, you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Well, given how fast that first quarter was, that, that seems fairly tough. Yeah, it is. You know, you, you've got to wonder what they have to do, you know, to be fast. So, so yeah, so it's a bit rough, I think. Mm, sideways at the start. I, I can't... I'm watching the aerial shot as, as we're talking now. Um, so where, where are they saying it happened? Yeah, they reckon when the mobile when he shifted outwards, you know, it wasn't much, maybe half a card, if that. But yeah. uh, it was enough in their eyes not to put him back in the yeah. draw. Just on that last week, you obviously went out with just a plan to cross and lead. Yeah, yeah, that was my plan. You know, I've got good gate speed and, you know, I've got a rock hard horse. So that was always the plan. So did you adopt those tactics again this week, Nathan, with Leap to Fame, who's coming off a fresh up, returning from that Sydney campaign, do you sort of take him on early? Well, I have crossed him before and, um, you know, so I've got good gate speed and there's a fair bit underneath us, so we'll be coming out and just seeing, like, what happens. But, you know, last week we are able to roll the top, but whether we can this week, I don't know. Okay. Uh, he's been super. And I dare say if he wins this race on Saturday night, he puts his hand up for the Queensland Horse of the Year honours at the end of the year because... We've had no standout open class horse, so we're, we're starting to look elsewhere. And given how good his season's been, he's going to be right in the conversation. Yeah, you would think he would, you know. He's had a really good season and he's done everything that's asked. And, you know, he's won most of the bigger races that we're setting for. So, 
he should be there in at least be a talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Also for Sean Grimsey on Saturday night, Kanina Provlima stepping out in the Queensland Cup. Uh, everyone's seen the footage that went up uh, after the race on Saturday night. Uh, it was fantastic footage. You had the helmet cam on. It was a 10 out of 10 drive. You almost pulled it off there last Saturday night. Yeah, went close. You know, the horse was really good and we had to drive for luck and we got that luck. But, you know, Max Da Vinci's airborne at the moment. So it was just too good for us on the night. You're much better drawn on Saturday night. You're stepping up in the distance. So uh, is that a good thing for Kanina Provlima? Yeah, I don't think the distance really worries him much, you know, but we've got a nice draw where we should be able to find a spot pretty easy. So we're going to need a lot of luck on our side again. But if we do, um, you know, he'll be there again. Most are sort of looking at it, Nathan, that turn it up will probably lead and he may even hand over given that he was disappointing last week and it is the extra trip. Is this race going to generate pressure? Um, yeah, there will be a bit of pressure, but I don't think, you know, there'll be a whole heap in it. Like, I think they might find the positions pretty good and then, you know, look to dictate. But we're going to need someone, you know, that wants to get out there and run for it to be our favour. But it's just going to be a bit hard, I see, on paper. OK. Where would you like to be sitting with Kanina Provlima? Yeah, I wouldn't mind sitting 1-1, one, one, even 1-2, one, or somewhere on the fence there, you know. It always seems to open up in these open races, so anywhere there without doing much work would be great. Okay. Well, they're the two main drives for you on Saturday night. Recently, you notched up uh, win number 200 for the season, so that's the second time you've brought up a double ton. Yeah, it is, you know. It's, um, it's great to get the 200, and not every season you can, so... No, I couldn't be more happy with it. Mm. Nathan, just with that helmet, Cam, uh, how does that all work? Do a Racing Queensland approach you before the meeting and say, you know, how, how does it work? Obviously, it was so good to watch you driving, Teddy. We felt like we are in the driver's seat watching that again now, even with Teddy Disco. How does that all work with the helmet, Cam? And how long does it take to gear up for it? Yeah, they just come and you know, ask you, you know, prior to the race meeting if you're willing to do it. And No, it only takes a couple of minutes. All they do is just put a little strap over your head and it's ready to go so it's nice and quick and you know you don't even notice it's there so you know it's good it's good for the industry what about audio feed in your ear and things like that yeah that doesn't take too long they've all got it all organized so they just throw it on and then you're off and ready so mm. i think it's good and it's good for everyone watching and you hardly touched the horse with the whip it was just uh well with whip restrictions you're just sort of tapping the sulky were you the whip the tapping yeah. the, the yeah. sulky with the whip is what i'm saying yeah, that's right. You know, a lot of horses respond better to noise than they do pain. So the less you can hurt them, the better, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Nathan, really appreciate the time this morning, and uh, we'll see you trackside. Thanks, Chris. But it is good, isn't it, it is Chris? Nathan, yeah, just for harness racing. Oh, it's just... fantastic coverage. There's mm. no doubt about it. And we seem to be leading the way up here in Queensland. We've got uh, PSP, our on-course video providers that... Uh, give us all this uh, access now and uh, the drivers are willing to be uh, involved with it so we've got that footage now of just the helmet cam we've also got that access where I can talk to the drivers when they set it up uh, when they're out on the track going through their prelims and all that sort of stuff so it, it, it's fascinating technology that's what it is and we're really taking uh, the punters and the viewers 
right into the driver's seat nowadays, and it's it's fantastic. And knowing that we've got the end of Dominion two years away, Steve, I think they're only going to keep you know exploring and trying to test the boundaries of what we can mm. provide. Just so I'm clear, Chris, um, what are the the whip restrictions these days with with harness racing? Just so I'm clear myself. It's base. It's basically just a flicking motion of the wrist, yep. so you can't sort of raise your your arm above your sort of shoulder or anything like that. It's basically just a, a flicking motion, and I think you're restricted to how many times you can do that over the final 200 meters. So it's just in the home straight that you're basically allowed to to use the whip, and it's meant to be used in a flicking motion rather than a you know lifting your arm up and look like you're cutting mm. down a tree. Are they similar in America? Those rules, Chris, because they don't seem to to use the whip very often over there either, do they? Obviously, it's very speed racing. I think it's pretty much a global thing, Steve. So, you know, uh, as Nathan said, I think horses respond more to the the noise and the fright rather than the pain sort of effect. So uh, that's the way uh, it seems to be going right throughout the world Mm. nowadays. So it's very rare to see a driver in North America really, really get Mm. savage with it. Yeah. Ray Carl's our next guest. Well, I'm keen to talk to Ray because uh, he is the owner and breeder of one of my favourites, Gerardas Delight. She was in the winner's circle again last Saturday night, Steve. Back during the Tab Constellations in July, she was able to claim a Group 1 victory when she won the inaugural running of the Golden Girl last Saturday night on the opening night of the Summer Carnival. She rolls out again and wins another feature, this time claiming the Queen of the Creek. As it stands right now, she is the number one mare in the Sunshine State. She's chasing another feature on Saturday night when she lines up in the Group 2 Forever Gold. Ray Cole joins us from New South Wales. Ray, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. How are you going with this mare? Uh, over the moon. Um, she's done things that I I didn't expect from her. Um, my main aim for, for her was to become a $100,000 mare and bring her back to New South Wales and breed with her. So... I've now got a $200,000 mare and a Group 1 winner. <laughs> it doesn't get any better, does it? Oh, I can't believe it. Can't I, I just can't. Every day I I just shake my head and I say, I can't believe it. But the thing is, um, um, Jack Butler always told me from day one that she would mix it with, with the top mares. He said she just got to get the right run. And uh, there was always that little bit of doubt in my mind and uh, she just kept proving me wrong. Mm. Let's just go back to July when she won that Group 1 Golden Girl. She had the outside of the second row. She was the rank outsider in the field. What were the expectations? And you were taking on some of the best mares in the Southern Hemisphere. You had the likes of Amazing Dream. Uh, Our Princess Tiffany was going around in that race. There was a number of good ones. Spellbound was there. What were the expectations leading into that night? Uh, there was no expectations. Whatever she did, she did. But Jack did tell me that oh, I would say a fortnight before he said she's going really good. Uh, she gets the right run. She'll she'll be right in the race. And then when when she drew thirteen, uh, we just we just thought that she can't do it. We just thought that she couldn't do it. But we thought that she could run a place. Uh, and that was it. But Jack always told me with the right run, she she could mix it with those best mares, and uh, he was right. Unfortunately, you couldn't be trackside because of the COVID pandemic. But uh, when she launched her run passing the 400, did you did you you know just sit up in your seat at home and think 
hang on, we, we, we might be a chance here. Well, I've got a big, um, a big screen, uh, uh, one of those projector TVs at home, and it's quite big, like 100, uh, 100 inch, I think it is. And I was screaming at I was in the middle of my lounge room, and I said to my wife, I said, we've just won a $100,000 race. And I, I was straight on the phone to Jack, and uh, I don't know what I said, but I, I think we were both crying in the end. Couldn't believe Special it. times, believe no it. doubt. Did the neighbours uh, ring, ring the police or anything? No, no, no. I don't, I don't think they, they knew what was going on. The neighbours don't know about the horses, I don't think. So a huge moment there for you because not only do you own Gerardas Guy, but you bred the mare as well. So it's extra satisfaction. Yeah, but you know the you know the story. There's a there's a there's a fascinating story about the whole family, and if you've got time, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, shoot. I I bred the horses to race, and I was tied up with a fellow that. Um, end up giving up. He just he got some personal problems and he give up. And uh, so all in uh, a week, uh, I had three start, two two I raced and one I leased and they all won. Um, but probably six months before that, I give the mother away. So Gerard is ace, I give away. And um, so that was the story there, but I've just got it back. I was going I'm to say, just, have I, you found out where she is? Can you get her back? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I give it to the fellow that worked at Success Stub where all my uh, mares are. Um, and um, anyhow, I, was, I said to Alex, who I give it to, I said, you're going to breed with that mare. And anyhow, he, he said, no, he wasn't. So I said, can I can I breed with her? So anyhow, she's back at Success Stud and I'm going to breed with her this year. Okay, so that's Jackie Gibson's success, Dad. So look, all your broodmares are there. All the broodmares there. I've got six there. Okay. So Gerarda Ace is also the mother of Barroom Banter, who's also a, uh, well, he's now a multiple group one winner, a dual group one winner himself. Yeah, that's right. Well, I would have I would have raced him. It's only that the trainer that I had in Sydney um, decided he'd give up. He, he wasn't going to train anymore. He had some personal issues, so. He pulled the pin, so I just said, "Oh, I'm just going to sell the horses. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to race them. I'm just going to sell them." And um, so I sold him, and I was over the moon when I sold him. I got twenty six thousand dollars for him at the APG, and I was over the moon, and I still am over the moon. You know, you you think what could have been, but uh, I'm still happy. Okay. Happy now, with Gerard's delight, with Gerard's delight, Ray. After the, the the winter carnival up here, the Tab Constellations, obviously there was that thought, and you had to have the the discussion with Jack about whether you'd race on for another season or you retire her and breed from her. Was that a a hard discussion you had to have with Jack, or was it fairly straightforward? No, no, I just said to Jack, I wanted to keep racing her. She, I can't, I couldn't retire when she was going so good. Yeah. And now you want another feature. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she. Uh, what was it? She became uh, a uh, a golden girl to become a queen. So who, who knows what the next step is? But anyway, whatever the next step is, is just it's. I've got no expectations. Whatever happens, happens. Mm. Do you think she can win again on Saturday night? Well, uh, of course she can. Uh, yeah. 
she's proved she's proved me wrong that many times. Like in the in the um, the golden girl, like she she as you know she went out at two hundred and fifty to one. Everyone rode her off there. So um, yeah, I just I think she, I think she can win it. And even if she doesn't, well, she's she's done everything I expected. I didn't expect to have a two hundred thousand dollar mare. Mm. Now tell me, just with those odds, did you have a couple of bob each one on that night? Well, it was funny. I backed her for a place uh, before the barrier came out. I think she was uh, 20 to 1 for a place. Uh, and then I did try, she was 250 to 1 on the night. I said, oh, she can't win anyhow, so I didn't worry. Okay, okay. Now, if she wins on Saturday night again, so she's got a Group 1 victory. This is a Group 2 race Saturday night. Last week was, what, a listed or a Group 3 feature. She's going to be right in the conversation for the Queensland Horse of the Year at the end of the year. So wouldn't that be a feather in the cap for you as well? A Group 1 winner, and she's, you know, a realistic chance of being crowned the Queensland Horse of the Year if she can win again on Saturday night. Yeah, well, many dreams come true. Yeah, do right. So you're enjoying the ride? I'm do- I just wish I could be there. You know, every Saturday night she goes around, I'm screaming at the TV. You know, I, I don't go anywhere. I just stay at home and watch her. And uh, Yeah, it, it, it's hard. I really want to go there. But uh, yeah, these things uh, are just there to stop us. And anyhow, I'm, I'm just over the moon. Mm. Well, she's a, a daughter of the Super Sire Better's Delight. Have you started looking at potential stallion matchups? No, I haven't yet. I haven't yet. But uh, we've got a long way to go before we're there. So, uh, it, no, no, I haven't. Okay. Now, she started her career with Mark Hewitt and she's now with Jack Butler. How did that association come about? Uh, well, uh, Mark was breaking in a lot of horses for me because um, it was the success stud connection, I would say. But um, that's where she got her grounding with Mark. Mark does such a good job. And um, it's just that Mark is, is so far away and friend to travel um, to go to, say, Menangle. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a big trip. It's probably easy for him to go to Victoria. Uh, so you know when 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 she went to Queensland uh, from Mark, there was two options: it was to go to take it to Menangle uh, or a trainer at, at Menangle, uh, or go to Queensland. And I I picked Queensland because the trainer I'd picked out had um, a lot of mares, and they were all about the same grade. So she would she would be racing, you know, horses from the same stable, you know, maybe up to five horses at a time from the same stable every week. And I just, I just thought, oh, it's a bit, it's a bit more even up in Queensland. And that's why I went there. And I rang Steve Turnbull and Steve Thomas had sent it to um, Jack Butler because Steve Turnbull had trained horses for me as well. And you haven't looked back? No, no. Yeah, it's just a it's a ride that I'm on, and I don't want to get off. But uh, I understand one day I'm going to have to get off. Well, here's hoping it continues on Saturday night. Uh, I'm hoping uh, I've got all the fingers and toes crossed that she can claim this Group Two feature because, as I said, she's a bit of a favourite of mine. Gerarda's delight, and uh, it'd be great to see her claim another big scalper on the weekend. So, appreciate the time this morning, and uh, here's hoping everything goes to plan on the weekend.
All right. Uh, thanks for the time, Chris. Mm. We have something in common. I scream at the TV, but it's when the Kardashians come on, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, OK. No, no, I only scream at my horse. <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> Ray, uh, Carl joining us there. Brittany Graham, of course, is joining us now. Chris, I'm just thinking with um, this horse, Mac Da Vinci, 165, surely not going to get any better than that, are we, on Saturday night? Be interesting to get Brittany's thoughts on that. Brittany, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Steve. I think he went up $2. So $2? Some very, very, $2? Yeah, some very, very heady punches. Merry Ray, Christmas. Upon that. Did you jump on <laughs> exactly. it or not? No, not me, unfortunately. I missed it. Does the driving change surprise you, Brittany? Not really. Not really. Uh, after turning up performance last week, uh, I thought it was uh, probably a likelihood of occurring, um, particularly with how Mac Da Vinci is going. So it's his last uh, run in Queensland for the foreseeable future, so you can't blame Shane Graham for wanting to have a spin around on him. Yeah, absolutely. It, it just looks his race to lose, doesn't it? Most, I think, are looking at maybe turning up leads and hands over, given that he was disappointing last week and the extra journey. So if Mac Da Vinci finds top, that should be good night. Yeah, absolutely. Just It was just the arrogance of last week that impressed me so much to come from last at the 300 and just round them up. And he was coming away from them over the concluding stages. I know they went solidly early, but you just very rarely see that happen in any grade at Albion Park. And just sometimes when these stallions get in that frame of mind, he just looks at he, as though he is unstoppable at the minute. And that's the exact sort of form and mindset that you want a horse going towards and into Dominion in. It's the extra trip to suit this week, the better draw. And I just think that he probably has that scare factor now uh, because he sat outside the leader and, and beaten them this preparation. He can do it all. I'm, I'm just not really sure where the pressure comes from thereafter. Majestic mm. Cruise is the obvious one and the interest runner as well, but he doesn't possess a lot of gate speed. So it looks as though he's going to be behind Mac Da Vinci and, in saying that, he brings the right sort of form lines. A Victoria Cup two runs ago, a lens fifth mile last start. So he's certainly in it. But if he's going to have to be coming from behind Mac Da Vinci, it's going to be really hard for him as well. So, Chris, I'll ask you the question in Brittany. So if this horse plays with these rival and justifies favouritism here in this race and, and wins again, and you would have to rate the top six, seven horses in the country, where would he sit then, Mac Da Vinci, if he brings this field? Chris? Um... Well, he's, he's got to be in the conversation. Uh, you, Top you six? Knock his... Maybe, yeah, given where he's sort of sitting. I'm just trying to think, you know, each state, where, where what they've got and where they're sort of at right now. But it, he's clearly the number one free-for-aller here right now. So with another victory on Saturday night, I think he'd, he'd definitely be in the in the conversation, definitely mm-hmm. top ten. Brittany, where would you have him if he, well, if he wins this with a leg in the air on the weekend or wins again? Yeah, probably initial thoughts are top 10. There's a good, really good crop in Victoria at the moment. Um, and obviously King of Swing in New South Wales and a few up-and-comers down there as well. So I'd say top 10. And I've also got a lot of respect for a few in WA at the present time. So, yeah, top 10. Uh, but I was listening to you yesterday, Chris, um, discussing uh, with Leonard Kane around... Uh, the form that he's in now in comparison to during winter. It was unfortunate that he wasn't quite well, on face value in such devastating form then because maybe we would have got more of an idea there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you raised the winter form because I know Steve's been talking about it with the thoroughbreds, but the, the form just in the last month or so following our winter carnival up here, 
it, it's really obvious now that it can be a launching pad because copy that successful on Tuesday, taking out the New Zealand Cup. Krug was successful winning the junior free-for-all. We've seen Amazing Dream, King of Swing, Barroom Band are cashed up. They've all been feature race winners Pink since Galaz. the carnival. Pink Alars, Tough Monarch, they've been doing the job, the trotters. So it's a real launch pad. And just on copy that, I don't know if anyone heard this story or reported this story. Over at Addington, they've got boxes. Rather, they've got tie-up stalls, but they've also got boxes for the on-course stabling. Copy that sent a bit of a scare through the camp pre-race on Tuesday. He's a stallion. He's a four-year-old stallion. Normally, he's pretty rowdy on race night. He fell asleep, and because they had half the barn door closed, no one could see him. And when they've rushed to the door to find out what was happening, he's having a snooze on the floor in his stall there on Cup Day. I did read that, Chris, um, and we saw him up close and personal during the Winter Carnival, and he was actually stabled a lot of the time on the backside of where my dad's stables are, and you could always hear him. So that very much surprised me, and uh, I'm I'm not surprised that it, it, that it worried the connections as well, particularly knowing what he's like, but he was conserving every last bit of energy, and he was super. But, yeah, that, that Winter Carnival form has been excellent. I was actually looking at Menangle's free-for-all on Saturday night, and, Rock and Marty goes around, and when you look at the horses that he was narrowly beaten by in Amazing Dream, copy that, and Blacks of Aiken, those two big open-class group ones, uh, the form lines have certainly stacked up in spades. It was We were discussing the Queensland Winter Carnival on Tuesday uh, on, in the gig and the fact that, obviously, Queensland's coming back into the rotation for the Inter-Dominion in two years' time. When do you think the Inter-Dominion will be run? Will it be run in its traditional time slot, or is there a possibility that it could change times? Well, I think I think they're looking at, say, two years today. So I think it'll be in line with what we've been seeing over the past couple of years. We didn't have the series last year, but I think it'll be in line. So I think it'll be around the, the late November, December period that we'll probably have the Inter-Dominion up here. All right. There was, I guess the, the conversation that was being had was how well winter works for for probably more so New Zealand than anything else because in its current time slot it does pose a few issues with with the New Zealand Cup but it'll be interesting to see if there's any discussions around that. Where would you want it to be Brittany personally? I just think judging by the the popularity from all states at that time of year to come to Queensland it would pose the best opportunity to get the most interest because you do want to see horses come from everywhere. Now, this year is not a good example because of the restrictions that are still in place. But with WA and their pacing cups in the early part of the year, uh, Victoria and New South Wales having a lot of their major carnivals early in the year as well. And then New Zealand taking up a big slice of the latter half. I just think there's a real opportunity in the middle there that we could turn our winter carnival in two years' time into something even more than it, than it mm. was this year, considering. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But yeah. I obviously love our winter time slot, and it seems a good opportunity yeah. uh, if we were to, to slot it in there. I'm not sure if that's a possibility yeah, well, or people not. People love coming, as you said, love coming to Queensland. Just with a thoroughbred viewpoint, too, there could be enormous cross-promotion, couldn't there? You know, with the Doom and 10,000, Stradbroke and all those big races in Brisbane, then cross-promote. Of course, Scott Steele worked for the BRC previously. So, yeah, it'd be a lovely cross-promotion, Chris, wouldn't it? You know, thoroughbred into into harness racing. It's food for thought. There's no doubt about it. Just looking at that Grand Circuit calendar, which was only released earlier this week for next year. So you've got the the features in Perth in January, which is their normal time slot now. Uh, Miracle Miles in early March. 
I think the Auckland Cup goes to March. And then thereafter, there's that little bit of a lull just in the middle part of the year, which is Brittany's point. And then at the back end of the year, you'll have races like, I think you've got the Hunter Cup uh, as well in February. Uh, and then there's that sort of rush at the end of the year where you'll have the New Zealand Cup, the Victoria Cup, and a few other features. But, um, yeah, it's definitely food for thought that, uh, you know, if we're right in the middle of winter, um, you know, and it's a destination part uh, or point Queensland where if you want to go for a holiday in winter, you go to Queensland where it's a bit warmer compared to the southern places and, and New Zealand as well. So it's it's worth considering, that's for sure. Best bet for the weekend? Oh, I'm going to go with Mac Da Vinci. I just, uh, I think that he's a, a near enough to a good thing in that race on Saturday night. So I'm sticking with him, race eight, number three, Mac Da Vinci. And I'd love to say that there was still $2 available. Unfortunately, there's not. But uh, I think that he's one of the better bets on Saturday night's card. I wonder how long that lasted, the $2. Three minutes, apparently. There was... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it wouldn't yeah. have been long. The tab app needs some sort of notification system. <laughs> An alarm. Two dollars being bet. Two dollars being bet. Yes. So, all right, we'll take the tip. Uh, more trackside coverage from you on Saturday night again. Yep, looking forward to working with yourself. Um, hopefully, those that can't make it on course will be able to tune in. Um, we'll have all of the the pre and post race analysis, and uh, it will certainly be another really good night. Where pretty lucky to be honest there's so many good horses going around in and there's so many options as well with um you know basically all bases covered so another night of feature racing and the first just after five o'clock so we'll kick off sky racing active from five o'clock onwards. Mm. and Brittany, when are you driving again uh today actually oh get a winner <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i have a winner today maggie she won last thursday she's probably a good good place chance. We'll rely on a little bit of luck from the inside of the second row, but we'll do our best. Which race? Uh, race number seven. Race seven today. I'm just going to check Maybe the price. Uh, Maggie, six dollars. Dollar seventy the, the place. The seven will be pretty hard to beat. I Valencia. Think, but, um, mm. Yeah, but she's very consistent, so we'll see what we can do. All right, thanks, Brittany. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks, Brittany. Brittany Graham. I reckon she did get the evens, Chris. Just yeah, quietly. Sounds like it. Sounds like it, doesn't <laughs> sounds it? Sounds yeah. like it. Mm. Yeah, so anyway, we'll wait and see. We'll mm. wait and see. Well, it's a hot time Maddie of year Young's in Perth for the Gallops. Matty Young's joining us. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. We've got 10 of the best coming through from Gloucester Park tomorrow night. What do we make of this card? Um, it's pretty good. Uh, we saw some really good racing there last Friday night, some very smart horses. Uh, you're so fine, the return of... Major Martini, Galactic Star, back in the winners list. So we're uh, Savvy Bromac heading towards the Mayor's Classic. So some really good horses that are starting to get around here in WA and are starting to return. So uh, yeah, it's just it's fantastic to see. So we've been able to see another good card of uh, horses engaged this Friday night as well. Well, it's been the Hall Stable that have dominated over the past fortnight, senior and junior. Can they get another bag for this weekend? Uh, well, I think, well, they've got Jumping Jack back in, which is uh, going to make things very interesting. Finvara in race number two. Finvara looks very smart and Jumping Jack back, of course, with those massive wraps on him. Uh, Gary Hall Jr. electing to drive him. They've both drawn uh, awkwardly, eight and nine respectively. So uh, they're two to really look out for going forward into uh, Friday night's race. Wild West 
if uh, you haven't seen the replay of Wild West last week, he was unbelievable. His last 2,400 was in 2.53, which first up from a spell on an 800-metre track is just off the planet. What, what would he... Do they consider sending him to Sydney? I think it has to be spoken about. He's such a big horse and he's... Uh, He's such a high-speed horse as well, Chris, so I think he'll he'll appreciate the bigger tracks, even if it was Melbourne, but I think it's been proven with King of Swing that uh, yeah. going across to Sydney has been successful for a, a big horse that has been racing over here on the half-mile track. In saying that, I don't think he's anywhere near the ability of King of Swing, um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. No doubt the discussions will probably be there if uh, if he doesn't doesn't seem to find his niche at this track over this preparation, you mentioned Major Martini. He was first up for Justin Prentice last week. He was able to find the front. He's a massive big horse. Um, how's he come through it? And is he likely to to you know measure up in those Cup features coming up in January? It was a really easy win for him the other day. He was able to get away with a really cheap first mile and then ran his last two sections in 28, or under 28, I should say. So, look, I think it was a great return for him. It's exactly what he needed. Uh, It's more fitness, a bit of racing experience. He's only lightly raced, so uh, it'll just be interesting to see what happens with him coming forward. He's also versatile, which we've spoken about before. So, uh, yeah, coming through and heading towards the Summer Carnival with the Pacing Cup now, I think it's in February this uh, for this next season and yeah late january early february for the big races so he has got a decent lead in i thought it was early january so he's uh, got a decent lead into those grand circuit features and they might look at it just depending on how he comes through but from all reports he's come through really well after last friday and really look forward to seeing him back to the track i assume probably next friday night a question without notice. Speaking of the Predator stable, they've won a WA Pacing Cup with Rock and Roll Lincoln. He was on the comeback trail, but it's gone quiet. Is there anything to report there? I haven't heard anything, Chris, but I think, yeah, it's... Look, I'm very concerned. Uh, the horse has had ongoing issues for a long time now. Uh, he was down to trial with Major Martini. Uh, they didn't trial. The following week, Major Martini was in Rock and Roll Lincoln wasn't in. We haven't seen Rock and Roll Lincoln since being nominated for that trial. Uh, I had Justin Prentice on my show probably five, six weeks ago, and he said he wasn't too far away. So I haven't heard anything since then, but his absence is yeah, definitely creating a lot of talk, and I, I would say that there's been some sort of setback there, a bit similar to Jack Mack, where we, we didn't exactly find out everything that was going on there, but... Uh, there, there would appear to be a setback and hopefully it hasn't caused the retirement of Rock and Roll Lincoln, but uh, time is starting to run out with him with a, a continuation of injuries over his career. Mm. We'll follow up with him. Uh, your best bet for tomorrow night? Uh, we're going race seven, number one. Walsh has been crying out for a barrier draw. He gets it, barrier number one. We've tipped him in the past and he's been able to get the job done. I think he'll lead and win tomorrow night. So race seven, number one, Walsh for Nathan Turvey and Emily Savelko.
Okay, so that's seven by one, the best bet. I see our friends in the first race tomorrow night. Roman Art, can he win tomorrow night? He can win tomorrow night. Uh, just looking at the early prices, uh, which are alongside the fields over here, uh, he was a little bit short. Back in 20s, dropping back from three-for-all grade. Miragon's pretty smart, so is Magnificent. Typhoon Banner, the ideal touch was enormous last start. He's got the draw advantage. If he can hold the front, I think he'll win. That's uh, back in 20. We'll definitely race him early. So it could be a quick lead time. I wouldn't want to be taking uh, anything in the red. So hope for black odds with him. And I do think he can win the race. And I do think he can lead. So, yeah, reasonably keen. But uh, I'm, I'm sticking with race seven, number one, as the best. Okay. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. Best of luck tomorrow night. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, boys.